0: hey this is kevin kelly and you are listening to the stardom cast
2: this is jesse from club venus from stardom and you're watching stardom cast
1: And welcome to the Stardom Castle Weekly Audio Source, all things World Wonder Ring. Stardom, I'm your host, Rob Goodwin. I am joined as ever by Mr. Matthew Turner. Matt Turner, how are you, good sir?
2: Rob Goodwin, I am blessed. I am phenomenal. I'm in a phenomenal mood. Well, I'm always in a good mood. I'm super excited for a bunch of different reasons my friend obviously we have a loaded show today we have two really really good stardom shows to talk about we have the awards uh ceremony uh, awards ceremony i guess we have the awards ceremony at the end of the show we have an excellent eo shirai match to talk about um as well 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 as uh, stardom going to the ecw arena but i kind of want to get the negative thing out of the way Earlier today, Arisa Nakajima was severely injured at a seedling show. So uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Arisa, and I, we hope that she's okay.
1: Yeah, it was literally the first bit of news I've actually got. I know it's not technically stardom related, but um, at the seedling show from today's, we record the 11th of January. Um, Arisa ended up with some sort of quite severe injury while she was tagging with Sari against uh, Natsu Sumire and Miyuki Takase in um, on the Beyond the Sea Tag Team Championship match, um, uh, and from what I can. Glean from it, Puro Subs has translated Seedlings' um, press release, which says that we would like to report below on the diagnosis results of Arisa Nakajima, who was transported by ambulance at the Shinkiba first ring tournament on January 11th, 2024. Test results show no bleeding or fractures in the brain, and the diagnostics was that a minor injury to the cervical spinal cord was suspected. She is conscious and has no numbness. As a precautionary measure, the patient will be hospitalised for a few days for treatment and observation of her progress. We sincerely apologise for causing concern to everyone who attended the venue, to everyone who watched the broadcast, and to our fans. And we would appreciate it if you could give some time for Nakajima's return. Thank you for your continued support of Seedling. So when it first happened, there was a lot of concern um, for racer, especially as um, she was sort of crowded by quite a lot of people. She didn't appear to be moving. Um, but we obviously have heard very recently that it's a, um, it's a neck injury, hopefully not as serious as was first feared. But Matt, Absolutely, we, uh, we wish nothing but good things for Orissa and our prayers are obviously with her and her family and I hope that she makes a full recovery. Um, she is an outstanding professional wrestler but more importantly I hope that she is just okay in herself. Um, but aside from that Matt, aside from being blessed, aside from obviously the horror that's going on with Arisa Nakajima at the moment, what's going on with you buddy?
2: I'm doing good, buddy. I, this is my first full week back at work, and uh, it's really busy. You know, it was nice having a little bit of a breather, a little bit of a recharge, We're kind of just getting back at everything. I don't miss waking up at quarter after four every morning to go to the gym. However, things need to get done. So uh, I definitely uh, definitely did not miss that aspect. But no, my friend, everything's really good. Uh, as you know, we're uh, insanely busy over here at the Stardom Cast. A lot of, uh, lot of stuff going on. I did have a match coming up in two weeks that I found out about an hour ago was canceled. So I was like, i was really looking forward to get back in the ring because my bookings are kind of few and far between. So I was really looking forward to that and the promoter sent me a message. He's like, yeah, show's canceled. I was like, oh, okay. But uh, no, man, I'm good. How's everything? How's the new job? um, Is that still treating you well, my
1: friend? It's treating me very well. I cannot complain at all. Um, I did have a trial for a brand new football team um, on Tuesday, um, which went very well. I've been uh, I've been sort of asked back, which is always uh, which is always a good sign. Um, but I got there and I was obviously you know I was in the zone and I was like right okay we've got to make this count okay Rob you know really build it all my man really really go for it and uh, they were like right like right lads let's let's go do this warm up and I was like I'm gonna absolutely smash this warm up absolutely thirty seconds in twang my calf goes I was like oh you've got to be kidding me you can't I can't do this now not now and basically I was I was sort of given a choice Then I was like do I tell someone and risk them just going ah well don't worry about it never mind and then not invite me back or do I play through it well Mr Turner I took a leaf out of the Matt Turner playbook and I was just like no I power through I go through and uh now my friend I can't bloody walk, but I got on the team. That is the main thing. Um, I am struggling to walk. I'm an absolute bit, but I uh, I have been invited back, so uh, all is good all is good so realistically i do in fact blame you for the fact that i cannot walk (laughs) i would
2: and folks what
1: what rob means is
2: by going to the matt turner playbook is by doing the dumb thing and that's absolutely good (laughs) however however he subscribes to the uh pain is forever uh our pain is temporary pride is forever if you're already injured you may as well get a reward out of it that's how sometimes i push through a lot of dumb things that i do almost on a daily basis so your injury will eventually heal my friend but the fact that you made the team that will always be on your resume so congratulations my friend i am giving you a standing ovation way to not only make the team but make the team injured so you need to let everybody know that once you uh, once you get rocking and rolling you guys start having games or matches i believe you call them you can say i made this team injured and now that i'm 80 85 90% healthy what am I going to do through to you? I'm going to Momo Watanabe kick the crap out of you. That's what's going to happen, <laughs> my friend. That's what you need to do. You need to have that Momo Watanabe look on your face like she did when she wrestled Nanai Takahashi, my friend, because I just watched that match last week, and oh boy, howdy.
1: She was not happy. (laughs) There was, uh, to say there was beef between the two would be something of an understatement. It's a great show, top to bomb, an absolutely fantastic show. Um, But yes, so aside from that, things are going very, very well. I can't complain at all. Obviously, we found out um, last week that Stardom would be running a show in Philadelphia. The stars have aligned. meaning you are going to see a live Stardom event, which is going to be awesome. Um, A couple of Stardom wrestlers have sort of uh, thrown their name in the hat as to uh, who is going to be there. Mina Shirakawa, Hazuki have both said that they are looking forward to coming. So, uh, yeah, if we can get just one title defense at that show, Matt, I can die a happy man.
2: Rob, I was actually thinking about this on my way into work. I get a lot of, I do a lot of driving, so I have a lot of time to self-reflect and come up with dumb questions for you. So I'm going to (laughs) throw a question at you there, sir. And you can completely, you can completely, once again, take a page out of the Matt Turner playbook and your answer could be TLD. You can opt out and go with time limit drop. Okay. If you can, I'm going to give you three different options. If you can only pick one thing to happen at this stardom show in Philly, what would it be? Number one would be for me and you to call a Mayu Iwatani IWGP championship match. Number two would be for Hazuki to win the white belt in Philadelphia in the world-famous ECW arena. Or number three would be for me and you to be in attendance when Hana comes out to her old theme song. (laughs) Which one of the three? And again, you
1: can completely say... TLD, my man, we can move on to the next segment. <laughs> it's got to be TLD. I mean, I was right there for the... Obviously, I would love to call a starter match. That's the dream, maybe one day. Um, uh, f- from a purely selfish or selfless reason, I should say, I would sacrifice that if it meant Hazuki gets that run she thoroughly deserves with the belt. However, the chance to hear, H-A-N-A-N, Hannon, yeah! You know, to hear those just... Those familiar opening sounds of that, I'd lose my mind. There would be shots bought for everyone in the ECW (laughs) arena. There would be a good time had by all. So I'm going to call a Hatman special, which (laughs) we will be talking about Hatman specials. Oh my God, we will be talking about some Hatman specials. Um, But Matt, what would you choose if you could have any? of those things. And don't forget, of course, that this could be your chance to converse with the twilight dream herself, Tam Nakano. Oh
2: my goodness. So you're telling me, so it's those three options. And then maybe if I do an in-ring interview with Tam, that's up there as well. Oh my goodness. Well, let's see, considering the fact that one of these, because that's the show would eventually be on stardom world or fight TV or something. So if I was in the ring with Tam, I would clearly pass out and faint. I uh, would not do wonders for my marriage <laughs> and I'm going to put my wife, I'm going to put my wife over in a big way in a little bit because what she has done and what she's probably currently doing as we're talking about is absolutely awesome. So uh, just err on the side of caution. I would probably uh, leave that one aside, but I would say brother, me and you calling a Mayu IWGP IWGP uh, championship match. Um, not only, that i mean obviously we've done it you know post-production on some of the stardom shows and some of the alternate commentaries which by the way the comments we've been getting the past week or so uh for how much everybody loves the alternate comment not the past week past handful of months how, how much everybody loves the alternate commentaries we greatly appreciate it and it's really kind of a springboard for us to keep knocking on the door to stardom saying need an english commentary we're here we're here we're gonna be in philly but i would say uh for me and you to call, an I uh, not only a Mayu match, a Mayu-IWGP championship match in the world-famous ECW arena. That one would be as much as I love Hazuki, And that's, uh, that. you know, I want to see her win the white belt in 2024. I think that would be uh, something I can kind of put on my resume, you know, really for not only the rest of my life. But, I mean, we'll be locked in that for eternity, my friend. Until me and you are long gone, which uh, it's not going to be for a while, my friend, because we are very busy. I tell God every day, you can't take me for a while. I got a lot to do. <laughs>
1: Yeah, do you not understand how long these retrospectives take, God? I mean, come on. Um, Yeah, I mean, I have been reliably informed by Mr. Matt Turner that I am not allowed to use the phrase, we come really cheap stardom. Um, (laughs) Any business decisions in that form will be handled by Mr. Matt Turner. But stardom, if you're listening, call Matt Turner. Um, So let's sort of delve into what we're going to talk about today. Um, We've delayed the show by a day. uh, Apologies to our um, fantastic patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the stardomcast. Um, We delayed it because the Corican and um, Nagoya shows hadn't been uploaded. So we thought we'd leave it a day to see if they got uploaded. They did. So we're going to be talking about both of those shows. The fact that we have two new competitors, two new uh, contenders, should I say, for the Red Belt and the White Belt, which is fantastic news. That pay-per-view is shaping up to be a blast. The announcement of a title match for this coming weekend. We've also got the awards. The Stardom cast Awards results are in, so we'll be looking at that today. We've got all sorts of news to talk about and a little bit of a surprise in terms of something we might be doing in philadelphia but before we get into all of that matt turner what is coming up on our patreon this week
2: on our patreon you're gonna be shocked rob we talk about stardom this week on the patreon Holy Unbelievable. mother of god <laughs> what <laughs> no alternate commentary of uh Kyrie defending the wonder of stardom championship versus kunami that has been dropped uh this week as well as our what if uh what if uh the ultimate forbidden door of queen's quest feuded with damage control those have been dropped and by the weekend my retrospective of all-star dream cinderella that'll be up on your patreon feeds as well that's why i mentioned the momo Watanabe, the look she had on her face when she went to go wrestle the naitaka hashi and dare i say it's the uh it's probably the stiffest that Nanai's ever gotten hit in a stardom ring. Even that match with Sherry a year and a half ago, I was like, oh man, Momo really, really brought it to Nanai. So, that I did that review the other day. That'll be up on your Patreon feeds probably either Friday or Saturday. And then, actually, again, coming up next week, my friend, for Alternate Commentary, we'll be doing Mina Shirakawa defending the wonder of stardom championship against Natsupoy. We're actually going to be filming that. We're going to be taping that a few hours or maybe about an hour or so after we get done with this podcast. So like I said, Rob and I are very busy. And um, buddy, I'm super excited for that for a whole bunch of different reasons. And one of the reasons is you're going to see the brand new, everybody is going to see the brand new Matt Turner podcast room. And what I mean by everybody, including me, my friend, I mentioned before, literally my wife has spent the last, I don't even know how long, getting this new podcast room ready for me. So yesterday I was texting her when I was on my lunch break and she sends me a text message back and she said, please stop texting me. I need to be completely focused on how I want this room to look. Now, Rob, Rob I'm pretty easy going. Put a desk there, my computer, my mic, put a picture of Mayu behind me. I'm good to go. So I come home from work a few hours later. And she asked me for, like, eight or nine pieces of, like, memorabilia she wanted to put on the wall. So I got, you know, I have Lily's drawing of Aphrodite signed by Tommy. I have a program signed by Mercedes Monet. I, I gave her a few things. And then I gave her some non-stardom stuff, like my picture my uh, picture with me and Stanley, autographed, my patient number nine comic book signed by Ozzy Osbourne and Todd McFarlane. So I walk into what is going to be my new podcast room, and she's got everything laid on the floor. And she has all these different frames that I've never seen, and it's all this other stuff I didn't see. And I go, "What's all the stuff doing on the floor?" She goes, "See how it's on the floor? That's why I want. That's how I want to go on north wall, the south wall, and the west wall." And I was like, "All right, you do your thing." So, like I said, when I come home, then literally as soon as I get home, I'm going to text you and say, "Hey, you know, I'm ready to do the alternate commentary." I don't know what I'm walking into, but I know it's going to be pretty amazing. So I'm super excited for myself, you, and all the fantastic uh, listeners of the Stardomcast Extra to see what my new podcast room is going to look like. It's like Christmas all over again, brother.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I'm looking forward to obviously calling that match with you as well. Loads coming up on the podcast. I just want to quickly give a shout out to our latest patron, all the way from Sweden matt which is incredibly cool um now i am going to butcher this name and i would please like you to contact us and tell me the correct way to say it but i believe he says it's unkia amethyst i'm really sorry if i have butchered that but thank (laughs) you so much for subscribing to the patreon if of course you would like to subscribe it is patreon.com Forward slash the casts for literally hundreds of bonus episodes. If you just can't get enough of mine and Matt's dulcet tones. Um let's move on then. Oh, sorry, Matt. I'm Go sorry, on. buddy. Two
2: two quick things about Patreon that I completely forgot. That um, we did not announce what our roundtable discussion and our non-starter match is going to be for January, just because we weren't sure what we're going to do. Our roundtable discussion, we'll be joined once again by the lovely Allison Danger, as uh, myself, Rob, and Allison will be naming our top five favorite female tag teams of all time in any promotion. So that's what will be on the, uh, the Patreon feed sometime by the end of the month. And uh as of just a handful of hours ago I texted Rob and I said I got a great idea for our non-stardom match of the month we're going to go to the Pride Fighting Championship as we uh, will have Takeyama taking on Don Fry. Now you may be saying wait a minute that's not a pro wrestling match. You're damn right it's not. However, Don <laughs> Fry did have Don Fry did have Antonio Noki's final match ever which was in the Tokyo dome in front of like 71,000 people that went like seven minutes and nobody cared because the place was nuts for Don Fry. And obviously Takayama is an absolute legend, legend pro wrestling, Noah, all Japan, new Japan. So I was like, yeah, let's, uh, let's do this in the, probably the most manliest uh, fight in the history of fighting. If you have not seen this match yet, folks, and you on our Patreon, don't watch it yet until you watch myself and Rob take us take a take a sit back and uh do this watch along as Don Fry fights uh Takiyama. So I'm super looking forward to that one, my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be absolute carnage. Um, Let's move on to some news. Obviously, we have already talked about the Arisa Nakajima injury. Unfortunately, the injuries don't stop there. Momo Watanabe was pulled from the cards in Nagoya and Anjo. So, Sunday, January 7th and Monday, January 8th, those cards were forced to be changed. It did sort of throw a bit of a spanner in the works in terms of the uh, tag tournament, the one day tag tournament that they got for Nagoya, um, as almost every single every single match was either a draw or a buy. So um, yeah, we'll be talking about that shortly. But fingers crossed, Momo is still advertised for the back to back shows in Osaka on the 13th and 14th of January. So fingers crossed, she will be fit for that. Um, uh, We've also got this weekend New Japan's Battle in the Valley where Julia will be defending her New Japan Strong Women's Championship against challenger Trish Adora. That full card has been announced and the full card is actually as follows. So we've got Matt Vandergrift versus Goldie. Uh Mascara, Dorada, and Volador Jr. versus Rocky Romero and Soberano Jr. Um show to Umino, Fred Rosser, and Jacob Fatu versus Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs and Joral Nelson. Very much looking forward to seeing Jacob fatu in a new Japan ring. We've also got a number one contendership match for the strong women's championship. Viva Van Versus Stephanie Vaca. Of course, Stephanie Vaca uh, was in the original tournament to crown the inaugural champion that also had Willow Nightingale, Mercedes Monet, and Momo Kogo. Uh, Stephanie Vaca was eliminated in the first round, losing to Mercedes Monet. So she will certainly be looking for another chance at that belt. Um, TJP will be taking on David Finley. The strong tag titles are on the line with El Fantasmo and Herculeo. The champions taking on Clark Connors and Alex. Coglin, um, the Strong Women's Championships as I've already mentioned will be on the line. Julia defending against Trish Adora, uh, Matt Riddle, and a mystery opponent will be taking on Zack Saber Jr. and Bad Dude Tito. Our top three matches. Then we've got the AEW Triple Crown Championship. Eddie Kingston taking on Gabe Kidd in your semi-main and no DQ match Shingo Takagi versus John Moxley and then in your main event Kazuchika Okada taking on Will Ospreay so obviously Matt we are going to talk more about the New Japan Strong Women's Championship which I think we've both said at varying times that even though Trish Adora is fantastic neither of us really see Julia dropping it to Trish um, however, that number one contendership match. They're obviously very high on Stephanie Vacker. She's been on quite a lot of shows now for New Japan. She's been in the tournament to crown the first uh, New Japan Strong Women's Championship. Um, she was um, challenging for the IWGP Champion- Women's Championship against Mayu Iwatani. of course. Um, she's was in. Uh, she been on other cards for New Japan Strong as well. So they're very high on it. I would be very interested to see if Stephanie Vacker is to come out on top in this number one contendership match. If Julia is to retain, we've talked a lot in the past couple of weeks about how Julia is potentially going to be leaving, or is almost certainly, should I say, leaving to go to the WWE. Could Stephanie Vaca be the person to take the New Japan Strong Women's Championship off Julia? Or do you think New Japan are still clinging on to the hope that we will finally get that Julia Mercedes-Monet match?
2: I don't think that, I think that Julia mercedes Monet match has sailed, at least from some of the talks uh, with some of the people that I know that know way more than I do, my friend. I mean, that's obviously a possibility. It's pro wrestling. Anything can happen. But I think just the way they've been building some of the matches up for Julia here in the last three months, you know, Micah has pretty much said that she wants like a title for title match with Julia, and maybe that's how they send her out. Uh, They tease something at the finals of the Triangle Derby uh, just last week with maybe her and Sherry. That's something I would love to see. If I mean she's going to lose the belt to somebody and somebody in Stardom, I think that'd be great because Sherry hasn't had a singles run since the end of 2022, uh, and I think she would do great with the New Japan Strong. Stephanie Vacker, now that you think about now that you mention it, partner, her with that belt doing a stardom tour, I mean, to get you know, a rematch with Mayu, you have a match with Hazuki, a match with Natsupoy when she's healthy enough to do it. Uh, there's a, you know, Starlight Kid, Ahana, there's a lot of fresh matchups if she gets that belt, or even if she doesn't, even if she wins the number one contenders and they do it like at a Corican. And then very much like they did with Alice Inc., where they just keep her on for, you know, six or seven weeks or have her have her a longer run, you know, like a Mariah May and a Megan Bain, uh, that would be fantastic. I would be all for that. So we're, we shall see, my friend. I'm assuming she's going to win this match. Uh, to our it's, it's the show Saturday, right? Battle in the Valley?
1: Uh, the 13th, so yes, the Saturday.
2: Yeah, so I, I, I would expect for... Uh, for Stephanie to come out on top on that. So then we would see her versus Julia somewhere down the line. Uh, obviously we'd have to be sometime quick because they supposedly she's going to be out the door in April. Again, not unless she stays in a little bit longer. I mean that I know, I think only Julia knows really what Julia is doing, but regardless, that'd be a great matchup uh, that we get somewhere uh, between, between Stephanie and Julie. Maybe, maybe we do it. Uh, we do it in Philadelphia. Maybe that that match takes place in the ECW arena. I mean, who knows? It's it's a possibility. There's the possibilities are endless. But I mean, I do hope that we do get the Julia versus Mercedes Monet match. There's a lot of dream matches that I would love to see. That Julia, like Julian Kamatani, have not had that really banger of a singles match. Utami as well. There's a lot to be left on the table, uh, and we only got about maybe three, three and a half months left of Julia supposedly. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, my friend.
1: Absolutely, I do think that Stephanie Varker could be that person. Um, she's incredibly charismatic. She's great in the ring, um, and it she certainly could be someone for however long. If they do decide to take the belt off of Julia, or when they decide to take the belt off Julia, it could be someone that uh, they could sort of fly the that could sort of fly the flag. For New Japan going forward, it's a good solid show to be perfectly honest from top to bottom, not just those two women's matches. Obviously, Okada versus Ospreay and uh, Shingo versus John Moxley are ones that stick out, um, but there's some really good mid card matches as well to look forward to. So uh, make sure you check that out. I'm sure that the Julia versus Trish Adora match at the very least should. End up on Stardom World at some point, maybe. If not, it'll be on New Japan World soon enough. Um, interesting little thing came out of the Unagi Sayaka's produce show. So Unagi ran her first produce show at Corrigan Hall on the 7th of January, which is incredible and really, really well done uh, to the eel. <coughs> she outdrew stardom. At Corican Hall, which is just sensational. So, Stardom's Corican show from, I believe, the 6th um, drew 800 fans. Um, Unless I am very much mistaken, I will just double-check. So, I have my facts. Yes, the 6th of January drew 800 fans. Um, Unagi Saika's produce show, the announced attendance, was a sellout of 1,230 fans. So that's not all the news coming out of it, but I just wanted to get your opinion on that, Matt, and sort of talk about the fact that Unagi has not only done well since leaving Stardom, but seems to have completely flourished. And I would argue she is the hottest Joshi free agent out there. Yeah, other
2: maybe than Sayoriano. Again, who knows? She might be somewhat, you know, secretly signed. But, yeah, I remember this this time last year we were like, oh, poor Unagi. Like, she's not in stardom. She was a mid-carder. She was one of those ones that would kind of get tapped to have a, you know, white belt uh, match, you know, somewhere on a pay-per-view. But you know that there's no offense to Unagi that she's not taking home the belt. And uh, you figure kind of like that was that like, oh, you know, she'll do well on the indies. She'll do some stuff over in America and she'll appeal. But, you know, she has got a lot of really good charisma. She'll she'll appeal well with the American audience. She'll sell a lot of merchandise. We thought that was that like we figured she would do good, pretty good. We didn't think this. We didn't think this and really good for Unagi And it, folks, again, we say this all the time on the show. This is betting on yourself. Unagi was like, right, stardom is the, you know, second biggest wrestling company in Japan. They're making all this more all this money for Bushi Road. I'm going to leave this company that has all this momentum and I'm going to set out and do this thing for myself. And she's hit home run after home run after home run. And the fact that she outdrew Stardom the day after Stardom run in Stardom's unofficial uh home. Uh, arena in cork and hall and what was a, and we'll get into a part of, which was a i know there's only four matches but the Corken and hall started michelle was absolutely fantastic i don't know i don't mean to put you on the spot um do you know what the card was for unagi's was this the one where she wrestled like five or six times
1: she did yes um off okay. the top of my head i don't know the card i know that she did wrestle minoru suzuki i think it was in a tag match but yes it, it sounds okay. like it was a whole heap of fun
2: yeah, good on her though, buddy.
1: Absolutely, and it's funny you should mention that because the the background to Nagi's departure from Stardom has been, in my opinion, deliberately left very, very vague. Um, it was sort of announced that she was gone, going on this uh, Guian period, this learning period, um, and then reports came out, you know, that she might have been fired from stardom um which was bizarre because when she first came in she was heavily heavily pushed um almost well not almost too much she was pushed too much um well before she was ready um and it seemed that just when she'd, you know, really sort of hit her stride, stardom or her and stardom had parted ways. There was, you know, even rumors that she'd fallen out with Rossi. There was rumors that she'd fallen out with Bushi Road. And it's, it's never truly been cleared up. It was never cleared up whether Unagi simply walked away from stardom, which, you know, it happens. But she did give a sort of post-match, pro, uh, post-show promo thanking everyone for uh, coming and just gave a little bit of a nugget about her uh, her departure. So this is again, Cure, um, Cursey of Puro subs over on Twitter. Um, everyone had fun, right? When I got fired from stardom last year, I didn't want to say anything negative, And I just came here because as the Giankai Kai period, I wanted to turn the painful wrestling into something fun for everyone. I really thought I'd lost everything and came alone, but it goes without saying that pro wrestling can't be done alone, and I've survived to this day with everyone's help. Throughout the last year, many people told me to become a star, but one day I realised something. I will become a superhero who saves everyone, including pro wrestlers and fans, without knocking anyone down. This past year has taught me that pro wrestling is not about knocking someone down to get up, but that you can be a hero who saves everyone. So obviously the first thing that jumps out of that is that Unagi is seemingly confirming that she was indeed fired from stardom. Obviously anything as to why she was fired is pure speculation at this point. There's been nothing released from stardom or by Unagi as to why that was. Um, but she makes it abundantly clear that she was devastated at the firing Um And then she seems to allude to the being a negative relationship in that second paragraph, you know, where she keeps sort of talking about um, uh, saving people without being knocked down. It just seems like, to me, something didn't click backstage. She didn't click with someone. Um, or the relationship with someone soured, and you know that someone might be a wrestler. That someone might be Rossi. That someone might be someone higher up in Bushi Road. I don't know, but that is what it sounds like here. Um, and as I said at the time, it was really weird the fact that she sort of left stardom. Um, what are you sort of gleaning from this? Um, from this speech from Unagi?
2: hmm, I didn't know that she was fired. I remember me and you were very, uh, when they announced the morning of, when they announced the 20, uh, 2022 bracket, not Brackets, but basically the leagues for the Goddess of Stardom Tag League, that there was no Pink Kabuki. Because mm-hmm. I think me and you both had them either going to the finals or winning the whole thing. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. And then if you remember her match with Tam and Cork and Hall, like, it was very emotional at the end. And I was like, Tam's still in contention. unagi has got four points. I mean, this this is... um." For the uh five star Grand Prix in 2022. And it was like, oh, that makes sense now. That's why she was leaving. And then she came back to do that reunion with Mina when Mina came back from her injury at last year's uh, Dream Queendom. So it was it was very odd. Well, I get I mean, maybe that makes sense that she was fired, but it was very kept low key. Like I didn't know, and this is well over a year ago. Because, again, her last show for Stardom was Dream Queendom last year. And even before that, she didn't wrestle for Stardom for a few months. So, yeah, I'm really not sure. But I think that she's just wearing her heart on her sleeve. She's realizing in the last, you know, ten or 12, 14 months how well she's doing. Again, not only on the Japanese indies, but obviously the American indies as well. And for her to uh, have her first ever show sell out the legendary Cork and Hall, I think she just, the emotion came over her and she let a lot of things out. You know, maybe she had that balled up, you know, deep down inside her for about a year and she just had to let it out. So, you know, good on her, uh, good on her for speaking her mind. And I mean, if she's doing that well, you know, it's pro wrestling, everybody does come back, you know, stardom Bushiro, that Unagi might be somebody that you might want to hire back. Cosmic Angels needs members, Club Venus needs members. Um, I mean, if, if she's doing this well by herself, They may have to look at maybe bringing her back, maybe not on a full time basis, maybe like kind of like a Saki from Colors, where she would just come in maybe from time to time. Um, Again, she's white hot right now. Why not start and why not bring her back for a little bit? You know, who knows?
1: Obviously, we don't know why she was fired. Obviously, we don't know, you know, with whom the fault lies or indeed who is in the wrong Unagi has made to say that she's made the best of a crap situation would be the world's biggest understatement, she's been on every show she possibly can, whether it's in Japan, she's done a whole host of stints in America she's part of obviously Suki Ban as well, and my question is, you know, if she continues to do this, well obviously, you know, I've seen I saw something that said that Stardom didn't stop selling her merchandise after she was fired because it sold so well And her merch lines, whenever she's on a show, her merch lines are huge. So, you know, does she need stardom? You know, stardom, yes, they need to pad out Cosmic Angels, absolutely. But Unagi might well be in a position now where she's like, I don't want to come back and be a mid-carder. You know, I'm literally in charge of my own dates I'm a well-known person. I have just sold out Corrigan Hall, something you didn't do. You know, if if we're looking at it on the face of it, you didn't sell out Corrigan Hall. I did. And yes, you know, she had some good people on the card, but, you know, that takes nothing away from Unagi and the pro- just how she's progressed over the last year. And you're absolutely right. I've got a feeling that this was a huge sort of emotional sort of release for her. Because if she's had to bottle up how bad she felt about this firing for a year, that is going to eat at you. And then to sort of prove to herself that she could do something like this, fair play to you, Unagi, fair play. I, from those people who listen to the podcast from early on, know that I was not a fan of Unagi, know that I was not a fan of her booking, know that she was pushed in my eyes far too early. But she grew and she grew. And I was equally surprised by the 2022 five-star Grand Prix where... She seemed to do nothing. Um, And I thought, you know, were things all rosy in the stardom garden, that is where she would have really accelerated like Mina Shirakawa ended up doing. To me, she's taken a bad situation and turned it into the best possible situation, and she deserves mountains and mountains of praise for that. So uh, well done, the eel, the dark eel. Of wrestling. Absolutely sensational stuff. Um, just a couple more, well, a couple more um, things before we kick into our show reviews and things like that. Uh, Mio Amasaki uh, made an appearance at the Gatto Move show. Um, to the future on the 10th of January at Shinjuku Face. Um, this was a match that I believe had to be rescheduled a couple of times um, as both Miu Amasaki and her opponent, Mei Suruga, were both injured at different times. However, they finally got the match done. Um, Azumi actually came out to second Miyu, but ultimately Mei Suruga defeated Miyu Amasaki in 10 minutes and 47 seconds. So when that is readily available to watch, I will definitely be checking that out. Um, speaking of checking it out, um, uh, Post Wrestling have confirmed that the film about My Watani's life is set to be released on May 17th. So, Two days
2: before my birthday. Happy birthday, Matt Turner. Yeah, sorry.
1: No, it's absolutely <laughs> fine. I, I am that excited as well for you. Uh, <laughs> um Now, obviously, there's no word on whether there will be a, a version of this with English subtitles or anything like that. But it's it's really cool that this is happening, especially when you know the deeper story of Maywe Watani and how it leads into a career. Um, as a wrestler and how she's turned around being a shot in um, or I believe the term is a Kamori, um, turned that around to become this this icon of stardom. And I don't know if you saw Matt on Twitter today. She was made an honorary police officer for a day, um, which oh, is... Oh, my God. Somebody film that, please. <laughs> there, there are photos. Um, I don't know if there are, if there are uh, videos, but um, yeah, the idea of Maya as a police officer is ever so slightly terrifying, <laughs> but you know her story is really, truly incredible, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing the film because the stills that we've seen. They've done really, really quite well with the likenesses, and Anna Harai, who's uh, playing Mai Uwatani in the show, they've got a side by side as the uh, as the promotional poster, and the lightness is honestly quite scary. So uh, definitely go and check that out. Um, but Matt Turner, Matt Turner, Matt Turner, Matt Turner, it's time, my friend. For the official announcement of the Stardom Cast Award 2023 winners, are you ready, my friend?
2: Hold on, I'm shaking out my shoulders. I just banged my elbow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm ready to
1: go. <laughs> um, so, obviously, we put this out to all of the listeners, and thank you to everyone that voted. We got a load of responses it's the most responded to set of awards we've done so thank you to everyone that took the time to vote eight categories um and we'll go through them one by one and matt if you tell me who you voted for for each category i will go through who i voted for and then we'll go through three two one who was voted the top of each category so um uh, who is the stardom wrestler of the year was the first question uh matt turner who did you vote for and why this was a
2: great one because last year well, even in 2021 it was like utami and sherry that were dominant right and then last year you had sherry and saya kamitani and then julia from like the five star to the end this year you didn't have one dominant wrestler you really really didn't so as much as I wanted to uh, vote for my beloved one Tam Nakano, she held both the red and the white belt. Simultaneously, I had to uh, go with one Suzu Suzuki. The reason why is um, she won all the, t- all the tournaments. It's one thing to be good as a singles wrestler or just a straight tag wrestler. Considering the fact that Suzu was a part of the team that won the Triangle Derby, and then she may also made it towards the finals for the Goddess of Stardom Tag Tournament, and she also won the five star grand prix, so she was in three tournament finals. She won two of them, and then was uh, just a one second away of becoming the World of Stardom champion at Dream Queendom. Uh, plus, her her tag team with May uh, Mayu as Crazy Star has been absolutely fantastic. So the fact that she's been able to get it done not only in the singles role but the tag role and the trio role, plus the fact that she inked her name on the stardom contract, making all of our 2023 dreams, wishes come true. That is why I chose Suzu Suzuki as my stardom wrestler of the year.
1: Very good reasoning. Very good pick. She's been definitely a highlight of what has been something of a turbulent year. Um, I personally went for Hazuki. Um, the reason I went with Hazuki and this, you know, I know that there have been wrestlers that have been right at the top of the card. But for me, Hazuki has just been a constant in a year that has been mauled by injuries, especially the latter half of this year. Just absolutely ravaged the roster with injuries. Hazuki has been that constant. You know, we talk about Hazuki mode, um, and you know, it is it is a joke, absolutely, but she is. No days off. It doesn't matter if she's in the opening three way or if she's in the main event. She gives absolutely everything. And she has been invaluable in a time when stardom have needed her. And I felt like she needed some recognition for that. I did sort of think in the back of my head that she wasn't going to win this. And she didn't. But I felt she needed the recognition for just being that hand that, you know, is always there, always gives. 150% um, no matter where she's placed on the card. Um, So, in third place, we have Suzu Suzuki. Um, In second place, we have the current New Japan Strong Women's Champion, Julia. And in first place, becoming the Red Belt Champion for the first time in her career. Second in the five-star grand prix it is micah micah is the stardom cast wrestler of the year for 2023 and matt i think pretty well deserved
2: yeah And what's great about these awards, it's like we always say, wrestling is opinionated. You can like who you like. There's no wrong answers, except for anybody that did a show of the year, didn't watch All-Star Grand Queendom and decided to give WrestleMania Night One show of the year. Anywho, another story for another day. Yes, Micah was uh, white hot, especially, very much like Julia, from the five star into the end of the year. Uh, Micah was white hot from the five star all the way up towards the end of the year and had a really good year uh, prior, obviously. A uh, kind of an emotional year for her with her, her tag partner and her best friend Himika retiring from professional wrestling a great great pick um, for Micah and congratulations to the current wonder or excuse me world of stardom champion
1: so question two was what is the stardom match of the year um, this was a little bit closer actually than the wrestler of the year you know throughout everything that's happened this year in stardom, there has still been some absolutely fantastic matches. And when you've got a year, I think, I think 2023 was 140 or 141 events, you know, there's bound to be some matches that you forget. And it's only when you are cultivating a list like this that you remember just how many fantastic matches there were this year, especially in sort of that period from January to May time, just there seemed to be matches galore that were absolutely fantastic. And you all thought the same because there is a whole host of matches that got votes um, on this category. So Matt Turner, what was your, I think I know what it is, but tell everyone at home, what is your starter match of the year for 2023?
2: Was this the singles or the tag? If this is
1: just singles although we did put a three-way in there so basically anything that's not a tag
2: okay i mean yeah this is a, this is an easy one uh was, i mean great there were some great great singles matches this year but i will go with and i'm sure you guessed it and a lot of our listeners guessed it from the triangle derby finals it would be hazuki challenging saikamitani for the wonder of Stardom Championship. I made mention before, this is, in my opinion, the greatest wonder of stardom championship match of all time, and one of only five matches to break my stardom scale rating. What I mean by that is uh, five stars is the perfect match, and uh, this one is one of five matches in the history of stardom that I've seen that said that is a beyond perfect match, sir. Kurt Henning would throw his towel at Bobby Heenan for this one because it was beyond perfect, sir. So that one was mine. How about yours, sir?
1: unsurprisingly it's mine as well um uh, i must admit i remember very very clearly that i'd sort of made a threshold when i was writing chasing the dream um i was like right i need to have a cut off for all these great matches otherwise i'm 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 never going to finish this book so (laughs) i thought to myself right i'm going to end it with suri and julia in 2022 that seems like a good place to end it. So that was sort of the list of matches that are in there, go up to the end of 2022. And it was the day before Sayaka versus Suzuki happened. And I remember watching it going, God, Oh, I don't believe this. But this match also prompted me to add an honorable mentions list at the end, which is just basically an excuse for me to just write about other matches that are great. <laughs> so it does make the book, just not in the same amount of detail. But yeah, this was this was incredible. And I said at the time that if there is a match that can almost turn Sayakamatani heel by default, just because of how, how behind Hazuki the crowd were, then it's done its job. You know, we talk about predictability sometimes in results, and the truly great matches make you forget the predictability of a result. You know, it's why even though Suri and Yutami Hayashista at Gold Rush, you know, we knew it was going to be Suri to win because they wanted Suri and Julia in the main event of Dream Queendom, but it still was a fantastic match because... It, the pair managed to make you forget, even for half a second, that it was a got, that it was a given result. This is the same. You know, we knew the story was in Saya Kamatani versus Mina Shirakawa, but Hazuki and Saya were that good in this match. It made you forget, especially having Hazuki go over Saya Kamatani twice in the build-up to it with the Frankensteiner and with the Brain Buster. So when we got to those near falls in this match, there was just that flicker of, oh my God, no, not quite you know, it made you forget, and that's what makes this such an absolutely fantastic wrestling match. If you don't have time to go back and watch anything from 2023, and I know people are busy, this is the one you need to go back and watch. It's really, really incredible. Um, So, you guys, the voters, um, in third place, and this one surprised me, I think this was a, it's just happened, and that sort of gave people a uh, sort of a familiarity thing, but in third place, and then deserved, in fairness, a very good match, Mirai versus Sioriano 2 from Dream Queendom 2023. Um, In second place, uh, Tam Nakano versus Julia from All-Star Grand Queendom 2023. It's worth noting that there there was just two votes between this and the winning match. The winning match, of course, being Saya Kamatani versus Hazuki from the Triangle Derby finals um really really close there was a lot of other matches that got votes you got mina versus saya from all-star grand queendom micah versus suzu suzuki the pair of matches um suzu and suri from the five-star grand prix mayu versus mercedes monet um versus mina shirakawa got votes as well which is obviously what me and ma are going to be covering um on our next alternate commentary but yes it does pay testament to just how good some of these matches are that you can class so many as matches of the year now matt turner we we talked about how close stardom match of the year was that was not the case for stardom's tag or multi-woman match of the year because what was my stardom tag match of the year what was absolutely your stardom tag match of the year appears to have been almost everybody else's stardom match of the year um with an astonishing 88.9 percent of the vote matt but before we go into you know sort of telling everyone the obvious what is your tag multi-woman match of the year
2: Wow, the clown draws money. Uh,
1: who can get in stocking catch
2: versus the human Cadillac Darn Deville and Joey Image. Yeah, yeah. Joey
1: Image. Everyone's favorite indie wrestler.
2: Everyone's favorite stardom wrestler, Joey Image. There he's you ne- go. He's never he's never lost a starter match. So I just want to point
1: that out. The greatest stardom um, <laughs> wrestler to never happen.
2: Uh, it's gotta be uh, Queen's Quest versus a tie in the cage. Uh, I mean Gee, there's so much we can talk about. We've talked about it before, and I know I mentioned last week when we do our when we start our new uh tiers of our patreon starting uh next month that for the ten dollar tier it's going to be like a complete bonus anything that we want to get creative and put in there put in there i'm eventually going to do a complete breakdown of literally the four-year feud between a five-year feud of a widow tie versus queen's quest that ultimately leads to this because this was just, it was just beauty it was just beauty and the fact that if you go back and listen to our preview show of that cage match, I was so worried. I've never been so scared and worried, and like, oh my god, I got, I got to cover the starter match. I know it's going to be good, but either Saya or Utami are leaving Queens Quest, and I was, I had it so in my head that it was going to. Because again, if you remember, it's not. It really wasn't about what team wins. It's who's ever left in the cage has to leave the faction. And I thought all of a Wettyo tie would have left, and when it came down versus Saya versus utami and they would have to bludgeon each other to stay in queen's quest and i was so worried and the fact that was not the the case that utami was the greatest leader like ever and the way that she got everybody out of the cage make sure everybody was out of the cage before she got out like she literally squats down and picks lady c up and almost like throws her on top of the cage she has saya go on top of the ladder and then takes the ladder and makes sure saya leaves and saya is like do I leave my my uh, leader of of, of uh, Queens Quest, my best friend, my tag partner, and Aphrodite in the cage with Tor and Saki? Like she's torn. Like I know I need to leave the cage in order to win and to stay in Queens Quest, but at the same time, it's a two on one on Utami. Then just with a with Tor doing the swanton off the off the cage, Utami's all bloody, and then there's that shot with is just on top of the or not on the on top of the cage but she's on, she's on the side of the cage begging for utami to get up and beautiful camera work from the fine people over at stardom where it's just you see utami just trying to use every strength that she has any any energy she has to wheel herself up to the cage Sai is crying utami's a bloody mess there's that moment where Momo gives Saya the bat. You've, I've talked about it enough, folks. You know what I'm talking about. It's the great, one of the greatest cage matches in the history of wrestling. I put this right up there with Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit from Monday Night Raw and Magnum uh, TA versus Tully Blanchard, the I Quit match for the US, uh, U.S. title. It's one of top four or five greatest cage matches that I've ever seen, literally to the point that I cannot watch the ending of this match without crying, and I've seen it about a dozen times. Just the beauty of the Saya and Utami, the build up that we know they're going to break up and they didn't. And Saya's crying on top of the cage and Utami's bloody mess. And I'm crying in my living room at 6 a.m. I, I go on all day about it. I'm going to make a Patreon episode about it because thing of beauty, my friend, thing of beauty.
1: Absolutely. Unsurprisingly, that was the number one match. But in third place was the generational struggle match at Corican Hall. Julia Maywe, Tam Nakano and Suri versus Utami Sayat, Suzu, Suzuki and Mika. And in second place, and Matt, this is what I'm talking about, about matches. Sometimes you completely forget. Crazy Star versus Sayori Poi at five-star Grand Prix 2023, night 14, five-star special in Hiroshima. That came in second
2: Rob that actually made my my top 10 list of complete of wrestling matches throughout every single wrestling company. That was one of my top 10 favorite matches in all of wrestling for 2023. I absolutely love that match.
1: It was a great match. Really 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 good. Was one of the heights of the tag team wrestling uh scene in stardom definitely so i'm glad it got the recognition it deserved and it wasn't buried um like i was worried it would be um stardom show of the year then um matt what was your stardom show of the year
2: i will say this stardom had my top five favorite shows top four favorite shows in all of wrestling this year as many as uh Bumps that stardom hit on the road, you can't deny that they had some great wrestling this year between uh, Dream Queendom, between night one of the uh, five-star Grand Prix, between the phenomenal Triangle Derby Finals. But I've said it once before, I've said it a thousand times, it's not only my favorite stardom show of all time, it's one of the greatest wrestling shows I've ever seen, and that would be uh, um, Dream Queendom, or not Dream Queendom, excuse me, All-Star Grand Queendom.
1: Yeah, from Yokohama Arena again, Matt. We're in. Uh, we're in complete agreement. As a top to bottom show, nothing has felt as special as that show. Um, it really did have the Wrestle Kingdom, the WrestleMania vibe for Stardom. That show. Um, and like you said, from top to bottom, there was no filler match. Every single match. Seemed to hit, and uh, it was the perfect exemplification of what a deep roster with excellent talent can do. Stories culminating, you had surprises. Obviously, Tam dethroning Julia. You got Mina finally ending the reign of Sayaka You got the dream match in Mercedes Monet versus uh, Mayu Watani. There was all sorts of amazing matches on this card. Shuri versus Shihira Hashimoto, which people seem to forget because it was on such a stacked card. Um, uh, Fantastic match. Really, really good. Worth checking out. in third place, and this makes me happier than anything else on this entire in this entire awards category, um, was Last Jumbo Princess. Himika's retirement show at Corrigan Hall came Aww. in third, which I thought was great. Um, Dream Greenham Twenty Twenty Three came in in second place, and then way, way out in front with a total of what did we get? Sixty-eight point seven percent of the vote is of course dream queendom um presumably for all of the reasons that we have already outlined you
2: mean you mean grand grand queendom right i mean grand
1: queendom of course (laughs) i I do i
2: i said the same thing two minutes prior so as always my friend we're on the same wavelength whether we're right or wrong at least we're together in the same boat
1: (laughs) stardom stop just changing one word in your pay-per-view title names it's extremely (laughs) confusing um so we move on to number five most improved wrestler of the year there's been quite a few for me that could enter this category um we've both talked about the likes of Hanan Yuna mori um Wamasaki, are three that could absolutely top this category have had really really good solid years in their um in their improvement may Sakurai of course megan Bain even i know she didn't come into later but showed real improvement. Movement when given the nod um but for you matt who sits at the top of the most improved stardom tree
2: uh, it was may sakurai's hat no i'm just <laughs> kidding <laughs> just her hat now I mean, she had a great year but not only my most improved in starter but my most improved in all of wrestling was Unimiz just the way that she was able to get herself in the best shape possible getting herself healthy um she was able to come across with charisma she as you call pokey evolved up and she decided in a company that throws, they have a lot of really great wrestlers that throw a lot of lariats. She would decide that she would throw her hat or her arm into the lariat mix. Uh, but she is an absolute standout for me. I'm a huge fan of her work, whether it's in singles, whether it's in tags, whether it's in multi-person matches. So Yuna Mizumori gets the uh, nod for me for most improved wrestler of the year.
1: It was a really close run thing for me between uh, Yuna Mizumori for all the reasons you've just outlined and Hannon. Um I ultimately plumped for Hanan um simply because she You like her theme. Yeah, just because her theme absolutely <laughs> bangs. Um it doesn't at all. It's a dreadful theme and everyone should immediately forget it. But there we are. Um <laughs> in Philadelphia, I don't care how drunk I am, how happy I am, how in the moment I am. When that thing comes on, I am storming out of the ECW arena.
2: I need you to be at least somewhat sober for the thing we're going to talk about later, my
1: friend. I don't want to be piggybacking you into the bar, but regardless. You're going to have to prop me up like a mannequin. Um, yeah, I went for and she She feels even more like the icon um, in the making. She's sort of elevated herself to a higher level. In stars, she feels like a more complete wrestler. She's not there yet, but she feels so much more like she's there. She had a great five-star Grand Prix. Um, she obviously did brilliant things with the future of Stardom belt. She's now half of the New Blood tag team champions as well. Um, I think the sky is the limit for Hannon, and there was multiple times during this year where she proved just how good she's going to be in two years. You know, she's really, really got that potential. Um, and I can't wait to see it. I really can't. And there was a moment, actually, we're going to talk about it when we review The Corrigan Show that I thought we were going to get it a little bit earlier than we actually did. But there we are. Um, in third place, then, was Hannon. She uh, she came in third. Mina Shirakawa came in second. Previous winner of this category. But way out in front, someone that neither of us spoke about was Mariah May, getting a lot of love. Ooh. Um, In the Stardom Cast Awards. And of course, you know, you talk about improvement. You think about where she was when she first debuted in Stardom, um, Dream Queendom 2022. And now she's on AEW Dynamite and by all accounts doing extremely well. So uh, you want to talk about improvement. I'd argue that Mariah May is right up there, Matt.
2: Yeah, again, there was a lot of improvement in stardom. And again, it's with the roster, especially on the main event to mid-card, it's so stacked that when you have any of these newer wrestlers coming in, whether it's coming over from a foreign country like a Megan Bain, like a Mariah May, or we see this crop of rookies, I'm going to be very interested to see who wins this award next year because we have a whole bunch of rookies that are really, really good. It just goes to show the improvement of a lot of every wrestler in stardom, even Mayu. Somehow, we'll talk about it in her two matches here. Somehow, she keeps improving. And I'm like, you're one of, if not the greatest women's wrestler of all time. And you're still improving. So, uh, just kudos. Kudos to everybody. Uh, Kudos to the entire roster. And congratulations, Mariah May.
1: We move on to Feud of the Year, which is the closest of all the categories that we ran. Um, Matt, what was your Feud of the Year?
2: Oh, you know what? I I don't have any of this written down. Let's see. It was... was, uh... Queen's Quest versus tie was that uh, an option? It was indeed. Then that's what I picked. That's what I picked. Yeah, just for the build up, for the complete year build buildup uh, going into uh, the cage match, and they were able to kind of re- re-kingle a little bit at the end of the year and basically having Sai and Utami, uh, you know, put the cherry on top by pinning both Tora and Momo Watanabe. But yeah, it was Queen's Quest versus tie
1: Exactly the same for me. Exactly the same for me. Um, uh, You guys, however, there was just five votes separating first from third. Um, In third was Stardom versus Injuries, which is uh, unsurprising, really, given the latter part of Stardom's year. Um, In second place was Suzu Suzuki versus Micah, the feud that basically carried the latter half of Stardom's year. And then in first place, unsurprisingly, perhaps, is the Queen's Quest versus a weather tie feud.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or Mc crispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savoury tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics
0: you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: In terms of moment of the year then, as we enter our second to last category, Matt, for you, you know, it doesn't even have to be one that was listed. What was your moment of the year?
2: As far as listed, it would have been what they did in Yokohama. I mean, I just thought that was absolutely insane. That, but you know, just not only the attendance, but the show. Again, we talked about it before. It's one of the greatest wrestling shows I've ever seen. But I don't think it was listed because I didn't vote for it. Um, I didn't see it there. Um. But for, moment for me, uh, for me is definitely uh, a crying Sai Kamatani on top of the cage, pulling up a bloody Utami Hayashista, and just really that shot. That's one of the greatest shots, and really one of the greatest moments as a wrestling fan that I have ever seen. It's just I, I talked about it enough. I'm going to talk about it again on a Patreon episode. But as far as that moment of the year, and then what was on the, you can't deny what Stardom did at that Yokohama, even if for some reason uh, that show was only in front of 2,000 people, which obviously they drew well over 5,000 people from start to finish. One of the greatest wrestling shows of all time.
1: Well, Matt, I uh, I hate to disappoint you, but Stardom pulling in their biggest house at Yokohama Arena was indeed listed, um, and has come fifth. So... Uh, oh. Apparently, me. <laughs> you just do not pay enough attention to the hard work I put in, to listing and forgetting a load of things to put into our Stardom cast awards. Um, I'll be honest, I completely forgot I put it in and was only scrolling through because I thought I'd forgotten to put it in. So uh, I've surprised myself there. Um, I think for me, it was Himika retiring um, simply because it just came out of nowhere. Like, it was such a, oh, my God, this, what? The Jumbo Princess is retired? Why? And then the entire sort of retirement road that they did, um, whether it's the last myhimi tag or the last Corican or, you know, the last match with whoever um, in this whole host of matches that she had, and then to sort of climax at this Damn near perfect. Let's let's not mince words. Damn near perfect Corrigan Hall show. It was it was as close to the perfect retirement that anyone can possibly have. And the fact that she was retiring off her own decision and wasn't retiring through injury, it just it felt so much more cathartic, this Corrigan Hall show. It felt really nice. Um and ultimately there aren't many things that have made me feel in the way that that moment made me feel. Do I do I want Himika to retire? No, you know certainly not. I would have loved to have carried on seeing Himika and indeed my Himika as a tag team, but you know if she's going to retire the way that Stardom did it, the way that Himika did it was damn near perfect. Um, in terms of what you guys voted in third place was Mercedes Monet debuting. In Stardom, Um, in second place, just, there was not a lot of votes in this, Micah winning the World of Stardom Championship. And then, finally, your number one pick was Himika retiring from wrestling. You guys clearly have the same thought process as me. Now, that doesn't mean, obviously, and I realize how that reads, and I'm wondering if that puts some people off, that, you know, my moment of the year is, yes, Himika's retired. That, that's not how <laughs> that's supposed to read. Get out of here, KJ Muto. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Himika road, yeah, it was the KJ Muto <laughs> retirement motorway. Um, the KJ Muto retirement autobahn, I think. Uh, it uh, certainly wasn't just a road. Um, and lastly, we look at faction of the year. Um Matt, we obviously are one faction down. Uh, Donna Del Mondo pretty much run the gauntlet of this almost every year. I think Last year was the first year they didn't win it. Um, I think it was Cosmic Angels who won it last year. So who would you vote for, and why is it Cosmic Angels? It's Queen's Quest. Yeah, I mean it's always <laughs> Queen's Quest.
2: I mean, again, between it looked like we were gonna have a big breakup, we didn't. I talked about it enough, and then we're and, and obviously you take something. You have sometimes you have to uh, when you have the low, you appreciate the high. We have Sia and Utami. Both going down with injury during the five star Grand Prix. Again, many of us thought that was going to be the final. They came back on the same date, that Cork and Hall show. Whether I, I think Sai was cleared before Utami, I could be wrong, but the fact that Stardom held off to bring their return back together, and now they're in the midst of what is going to be, in my opinion, a legendary tag run Uh, watch i say that and they lose this weekend to crazy (laughs) star but regardless yeah faction here queen's quest not only that but azumi it's just like the fact that azumi got to wrestle on a new japan show with mercedes monet and i had so many people after that show so many of the new japan fans uh and friends of mine they're like we knew Mercedes was great, and they liked Suzuki, but it was like Azumi. Azumi, tell me more about Azumi. Tell me more about Azumi. Azumi um, had a phenomenal run. You know, she ended her run with the high speed championship. But you look at Hina, what a great improvement! You, we mentioned Miyu Amasaki, what a great improvement. Uh, we didn't mention too one of the most improved wrestlers of the year, Lady C. Uh, she's doing fantastic herself, and whenever her and Azumi get together as a team, and then obviously you have Azumi and Miyu Amasaki, so it's not just the big three. Uh, of Queen's Quest, Azumi, Sai, and Utami. And they are great, don't get me wrong. But we got to give credit to Hina, Lady C, Miyuama, Sake, that really round out that group that is Queen's Quest. So um, even though I am biased to Queen's Quest, it's not like my answer is Queen's Quest because I like them and move on. They're the facts behind it. So my vote is uh, bowing down to the queens, my friend.
1: Well, it turns out, Matt, that both myself and the listeners of the Stardom cast agree with you. Um, Queen's Quest do indeed come out on top um, of the Stardom Faction of the Year. Their first win um, in four years. um, Donna Del Mondo uh, in their last entrance into this this category, unfortunately, coming in second and then in third, is Cosmic Angels. Every single one. Um, Every single one of the factions did get a vote. But like I say, Queen's Quest deservedly, in my opinion, coming out on top for 2023. Which brings us to the end of the Stardom Cast Awards 2023. Again, a huge thank you to everybody that voted, everybody that took the time to share and talk about the awards. We thank you massively and we will be back This time again next year, talking about the 2024 Stardom Cast Awards, I am sure. Um, Right, Matt. Now that we've done that, let's talk about the two shows that we are going to talk about today. Um, we've got The Corrigan and the show from Nagoya to talk about today. I'm aware that there was another show in Anjo on the 8th in Tam hometown, but at the time of recording, that had only just gone up on Stardom World, so we just simply didn't have time to watch that and to talk about it, so we will make sure we talk about that Next week. Um, let's start with the Corican show then. So the first show at Corican in the new year was from the 6th of January 2024. New Year stars 2024 in Corican from Corican Hall, Tokyo in front of 800 people. Already talked a little bit about this attendance. I'm not going to beat the drum on the attendance, especially after two days before they sold out the Tokyo Dome City Hall. Um, 800 is going to be a slight disappointment, but when you consider this card only had four matches and two of them were rumbles, it's perhaps unsurprising, especially as by the 6th of January, maybe we're getting a little bit of burnout from Wrestle Kingdom. However, you know, Unagi shows the day after and drew 1,200. So, again, who knows the uh, the contributing factors to that number? Fingers crossed, um, we get a better number the next time. Stardom run Corrigan. Um, in terms of the results, um, we open with a tag match: Ronnie O'Gami and Yuzuki defeating Sayaka Korora and Hanako, with Yuzuki getting another pinfall over Sayaka Karura with the Rolling Arrow in 11 minutes and 17 seconds. Uh, another tag team match followed, and the star power in this tag match is unbelievable. The red belt champion and the white belt champion Micah and Sayori Anno, versus the New Japan Strong Women's Champion Julia and the IWGP Women's Champion Mayu Iwatani unsurprisingly ended in a time limit draw, uh, 20 minutes, but what a match that was, and we'll be talking about that in a moment. Uh, the New Year Wonder Rumble was your semi-main event, crowning a new number one contender to Sayori Anu's white belt. And it did indeed, with Starlight Kid coming out on top. Uh, last eliminating, Hanan, in a Rumble that also included Yuna Mizumori, Ruaka, Lady C, Azumi, Rina, Saya Ida, Fukin Death, Hazuki may Sera, and Saki Kashima. Um, Starlight winning with the Star Suplex holding 36 minutes and 47 seconds. And then in your main event, the New Year World Rumble crowning that number one contender for the Red Belt. And that was won by Saya Kamatani. Uh, getting that shot. She should have had, supposedly, if you're to believe that her sheets um at Dream Queendom by winning the five-star, she gets that shot now, eliminating last Mina Shirakawa. Just keeping that feud bubbling under the surface, which I do like. Um, uh, Also in that Rumble, Utami Hayashi Megan Bain, Marais, Theori, Amisori, Natsukatora and Suzu Suzuki. Um, And then I Takahashi, who I haven't written down and I don't know why. Um, But Sae Kamatani debuting a brand new move, the Phoenix strike in 32 minutes and 21 seconds. So Matt, yes, the attendance might be slightly disappointing. However, That tag match, the dream tag match, phenomenal. Starlight Kid getting the push we've wanted her to have for the entirety of 2023. Brilliant. Very excited. And even, you know, despite the fact that she didn't win, Hannon having a superb showing. In fact, that one-on-one between Starlight Kid and Hannon in that match, the best thing about that match, the best part of that match, in my opinion, and it wasn't even close. And then in your main event, not only... Are we rekindling sort of that feud between Mina Shirakawa and Sayaka Kamitani, as though there's not finished business there? We've then got the reigniting of Sayaka Kamitani and Micah to come in February. And Matt, you texted me with an interesting little stat, didn't you, about Sayaka Kamitani and Micah?
2: Yeah. Uh, Sayaka Kamitani versus Micah are the only two wrestlers in the history of stardom to have a match for the future of stardom championship a match for the Goddess of Stardom uh, Tag Championship when it was Hemi, uh challenging Aphrodite Utami and Saya They've actually had two matches for the Artist of Stardom Championships with uh, Mayhemi Poi uh, when they were the Artist of Stardom champions versus uh, Saya Azumi and Momo, and then Saya Azumi and Lady C. I believe those were the pairing, and then obviously they had that absolutely classic, classic musty match. Back in spring of 2022 for Sayaka Wonder of Stardom Championship, and come the fourth, they will have uh, an ch- opportunity to wrestle for the World of Stardom Championship. You throw on top of that, they were on the they were in the finals of the 2021 Cinderella Tournament. So, Rob, when we talk about the greatest feuds and rivalries on Stardom. Obviously, Io Mayu, uh Sherry versus Utami, and then obviously Julia versus Tam. This one's kind of creeping up, my friend. This one's kind of creep. We got to look at this and be like. You know, match, you know, this is this is one that Io and uh, Mayu have never done this. Tam, Julia have never done this before. So, this is something that, and I have a feeling because both these wrestlers are relatively young. They're going to be in stardom and wrestling for quite a while, fingers crossed, that uh, this match coming up on the fourth is not going to be the last of these series of musty matches between Micah
1: and Sayakamitani. I would be incredibly surprised. Incredibly surprised. And something that I love about Japanese wrestling um, is that they do draw somewhat on their history. um, And, you know, they don't make any bones about it. Whereas, especially in the WWE and years gone by, they've sort of almost... Distance themselves from the history. Here they embrace it, and that rival rivalry between saikamitani and and Mikey is one that I'm so glad they're revisiting because it is a generational rivalry in the same way of a star like Kitten and Azumi. And this sort of proves it. You know, we are fighting for every single belt. We are coming up through the ranks together. You know, and it's a back and forth as to who is at the top of that rivalry. And that's so exciting. And the fact that we're going to be revisiting that, the fact that we are keeping the Mina Shirakawa thing just bubbling under the surface there as well. We've got Micah and Julia as well on the back burner, if that is to go ahead. And then on top of that, you've got these four rookies in the opening match as well. As I mentioned before, yes, 800 people. But I came out of this show with so much excitement looking forward Matt you know whether it's because Starlight Kid and Cioriano I don't think Starlight Kid will win the belt but that's going to be a great match Sayaka Matani versus Micah. I love the idea of that I love the idea that we are back to the Sayaka Matani who is innovating her moveset the last time she went for the red belt was when she took on Utami at Dream Queendom and in the lead up it was all about how Saya was too predictable with a high flying and she spent Dream week- Cinderella Oh my god. Dream Cinderella. I just, I just did the the only reason why I really, really know that is I just recorded the uh the episode for Patreon. Jesus. <laughs> um uh... In the road to Dream Cinderella, she was sort of innovating her moveset, constantly breaking out new things. It felt like every single match she was having, she was breaking out a new move. Um, we've sort of gone away from that, but obviously in the absence of Sayaka using the Phoenix Splash, sort of saying that she wants to fly less, we've now got this Phoenix Strike, this sort of pump handle Yokozuka cutter almost. Uh, what did you think of this move, Matt? I thought it was called the Phoenix Smash at
2: first. I literally did my notes for this show and then the uh, the next show, which if you're a fan of Aphrodite, you get a lot of Aphrodite in these two shows. Boy, honey, let me tell you. Um, but I think it's a cool name. I think she should name that like kickagoye thing she does. You know, like Abushi does the uh, the Kamagoye. I call it the kickagoye. I think she should name that the Phoenix Strike because it's a strike. And I think Phoenix Smasher is just a cooler name. Regardless, Phoenix Strike's a cool name. I like it. I think it's something pretty cool. We know that Saya said she's going to take away a little bit of the high-flying stuff uh, to focus on more of a ground base so this way she can wrestle longer. Do I think we're going to see the Phoenix Splash on the 450 in some big matches? Yes. More than likely, this match with Micah coming up, I think you're going to see her go to it because it'll make it special. And I'm going to get into the 450 and the Phoenix Splash in a moment. Um, But it's another really cool move that she does. I think the Star Crusher is a more devastating move because you're literally dropping the opponent right on your head. That's the illusion. Saya's safe with it, folks. She's not careless. Um, but it's, again, it's something really, really cool. And if you think about it, she can kind of gel these moves back to back because the psychology of the move is you're getting dropped on the upper part of your neck. Now, if you go back to what was everybody's match of the year with Saya and Hazuki, the finish of the match was Hazuki uh, kicking out of the 450, and Saya hit two Star Crushers back to back. She can now do maybe the Star Crusher first and then the Phoenix Strike next. So it kind of brings something more into the arsenal. I like it. I think it's something cool. If she's only going to break out the Phoenix splash and the 450 for like the real, real big moments, it takes away the less of ability to injure herself. Um, so we what that means, Rob, we get Psy in wrestling longer. So how you know, how great can that be? I mean, you know, there's no negative to it. So I really enjoy it. I think it's a cool-looking move, and I'm really excited to see where she puts it as far as building it to the psychology of her bigger matches. And apparently we're going to see in about three weeks, partner.
1: I think as well, the reason that the Phoenix strike is is going to be used as the primary finish is simply because it looks more unique. The Star Crusher, incredible as it looks, you know, also looks very similar to Mike as Michinoku Driver 2. So, uh, you know, even though they're not the same move, it just gives her that unique thing that is quintessentially sire. Um, I am completely in agreement with you. I think we will see her hit the Phoenix splash. Um, but if you know, the more times you see it, the less impressive it is. Um, and I don't mean that condescendingly, you know, any time you can hit a Phoenix splash is incredible. I hurt myself getting out of a chair. But, you know, the fact that, you know the burning hammer of Kenta Kabashi, and I know that we're not talking about the same move in terms of legacy here, but, you know, that move gets so much of its of its history because it was only used seven times in Kenta Kabashi's entire career. You know, if Sire is to scale back using the Phoenix Splash. Not only are we not going to see her get injured needlessly when we need her so much, but also it's going to make the times when she does need to hit the Phoenix Splash, maybe it's a Yokohama buntai, or maybe in the time when she finally does win the red belt, what I think will happen at Dream Queendom, but there we are. Um, Maybe that is the moment, and that feels far more special and more earned as well. Um, But Matt, what did you want to talk about on this show?
2: Oh, just real quick, the first match, very with all these rookies, very much like the uh the the six-person tag match that opened up Dream Queendom. Like, ah, this will be pretty good, but it far exceeds the expectations. And I'm really, really excited where we are with the future of uh not these four rookies, but a relatively young wrestler, Miyu Hamasaki, when Aya Sakora comes back. Uh this the future is so bright for Sardom. But uh, yeah, I really enjoy this opener tag partner. I actually get it at three and a half stars. But speaking of tag matches, I mean, let's get into what was relatively a dream tag match. Now, again, I was kind of, I got done watching the open match and I'm like, okay, what's next? And I'm like, oh, this is second. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's only four matches because everybody else is in either the Wonder Rumble or the World Rumble. So I figured, okay, this is going to go the old TLD. And I would, I want this to go. I don't want this to go 14, 15 minutes. I want the, this story to tell out in a matter of 20 minutes. So I knew it was going to go the time limit draw. But by no means did that take away from my excitement from this match. I knew this was going to be good. You have four fantastic wrestlers here. Mayu and Julia have been the backbone of stardom the last three years. And now coming out of Dream Queen, we have Soriano and Micah as your two top champions. So you kind of have Micah and Soriano as like something to prove in this match with the icon of stardom. And somebody that has been just on fire for the last three years in Julia. And everybody brought it. Like again, I knew this was gonna be good. This was like match of the year contender. Like, here again, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, like, here's Mayu, one of the greatest of all time, has already had two match of the year contenders in the first week of the year. And considering the fact that it's like, well, she didn't team up with like an EO or a Hanan or a Hazuki or somebody she's like she's familiar with, it's Julia. And I'm pretty sure they never teamed before. And not only was it great stuff, great tag work from from both teams, there was some really comedic spots like Mayu putting her foot out for like Julia to tag. And then Sayori Anu has Mayu in the figure eight. And you see Julia getting the better of Micah on the side and like actually dropping Micah. And she could have breaked up the figure eight, but like she kind of sticks her head in instead of breaking up, she's just like yeah, Maya, you can do it. You can break out of this hole, but Maya's like, I'm in the middle of the ring. Like, help me out. I was like, you can do it. You can do it. Like, no, no, no. I need you to get in here. So it has a little bit of it had a little bit of the comedic value in this match. But then, like, Soriano's just dumping everybody with suplexes. Julia's hitting everybody hard. Mike with some great stuff. They had the Tower of Doom spot. There was some really good dives here with everybody. Every there was like like if you ask me, like who is the MVP of this match? I don't know because everybody was brought up equal. And when you have a match like this with four main eventers, four champions, and then everybody is brought up on an equal plane, and then the bell rings right at the peak of this match, this was terrific. Again, this is we're weakened a week. This is going to be a tough match to beat as far as tag matches of the year go. But I'm going to flat out tell you, and you're going to think I'm crazy with this rating. I had it four and three, four stars. This is one of the best matches I've seen at Cork and hall in a long time. We've seen some great ones from stardom, especially tag matches. I mean this was absolutely incredible. right result, the time limit draw. everybody looked good. All four champions came out of this, like where are we going to next, ladies? because all four of you put an a plus plus effort terrific
1: I mean I gave it four and a half, and I thought that was high um but you're absolutely right. there was just there was something for everyone, and because they gave it time to breathe. Knowing that we got two rumbles, everyone got their licks in. It felt special already. You see that graphic, all four women holding the belts. It just felt special. Yes, of course, it was going to end in a draw because who is taking the pinfall in that match? But we got such a good match out of it. And I think you're right, Matt. I would be amazed if we are not at least considering this match when we talk about, you know, the stardom cast awards in 2024, when we're looking at tag match of the year, because this was everything that stardom do. Perfectly, Mayu was allowed to be Mayu. Julia was allowed to be as brutal as she wanted. Silly was given these moments to shine with these incredible suplexes and her wonderful selling. And Micah was a powerhouse. And we set up Julia versus Micah later on down the road, which is going to be such an important feud as we head towards the Yokohama Buntai in April. Um. Absolutely fantastic match. Brilliant work from all four women. Um, but... And even, even real quick, sorry, even like Micah versus Mayu, we've
2: never seen them have a big, big matchup. And the sequences between the two, I'm like, I wouldn't be heartbroken if we got that match somewhere down the line, whether it's for Mayu's championship or Micah's championship, or, you know, maybe we uh, do a title for title match, give it a 30 minute time limit, time limit put it up on Cork and Hall show, let it go to the old TLD. I wouldn't be upset with that, buddy.
1: No, I wouldn't either. Absolutely not. I'd be, uh, I'd be absolutely fine with that. We'll talk about both rumbles together. I think because ultimately they are rumbles. There were moments, certainly, and really cool moments in both rumbles. One of the highlighters I've already sort of alluded to was Starlight and Hannon, that closing stretch of the Wonder Rumble. The World Rumble, World Rumble, was certainly the stronger of the two. I don't think either of us are contending that, um, but. Overall, for me, the standouts from the Wonder Rumble, Starlight Kid, Hanan, Hazuki, Yuna Mori as well had some really good moments to shine Mesera. Um and then from the Wonder the World Rumble, take your pick, everyone was given chances to shine. Ultimately, what do you think about the Sayakamatani victory? because I know that when we did our predictions, I actually predicted Sire and you talked me out of it um, because of obviously (laughs) the goddess of stardom tag title challenge, which we're now getting on Sunday. So thanks for that, mate. Um,
2: did you pick Sayu, or Uhtami? I, I mean, I gave the same reason behind it. I thought you said Utami, I could be wrong.
1: No, I think I said Saya in my te- <laughs> I definitely, no, I definitely said I said Saya and Hazuki. I think I had winning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, overall, the World Rumble was more of a spectacle. I enjoyed that more. But having Starlight Kid and Hannon, two very young wrestlers, fighting for the chance to take on the w- Wonder of Stardom champion. That is what I'm excited about, Matt. Two youngsters who are going to be there for years. Very exciting.
2: Yeah, so what happened is Stardom announced these two rumbles. Uh, at Rob's job, he doesn't really... He can't check Twitter that much. Um, because of something with the connection so anytime something breaks i always text him so this way he's in the know so i sent him a picture of the uh of who was in the Rumbles. I said, what do you think and they've been building hazuki and soriano they built it in that eight person tag match uh um, tokyo dome city hall hazuki's been very vocal on twitter that she wants another shot for the wonder of starting championship so that's where i thought we were going so me and rob were in agreement i go what do you think about the world and he said uh, again i thought he said utami he said or, Saya." regardless my answer was the same I literally I will know I know exact I was at I was literally in the Wawa parking lot, <laughs> literally in between some of my uh some of my calls for my job. I literally rolled my eyes. I'm like, silly boy, Rob Goodwin. Don't you know that we're getting crazy star versus <laughs> Tommy and Sayakamatani like at the pay-per-view? Like I'm not and you go, Oh, oh yeah, that's right. And then I forget who you picked, and I said, I think it's gonna be Momo, it's Cork and Hall, Momo and uh is going to win this as and cheat to win and get that heat. Like she had in her match with Micah for, in the finals of the tournament to go on to uh, dream queendom. So that's where I thought it was going to be Momo, whether that was the case going or because Momo couldn't compete because she was sick. I don't know. Regardless. Okay. Let's talk about the, the, the world rumble, right. For the red belt. Again, Sai Kamatani. I'm going to stop doing less. I'm going to start doing less crazy stuff. So I don't get injured. Mm-hmm. Suzu Suzuki's running the ropes at full speed, trying to get rid of Utami, right? Sayakamatani does a springboard as Suzu's running, right, to uh, to stop her from eliminating her tag partner. Now, folks, it's difficult enough to do a springboard. It's another thing when you have a wrestler running at full speed, hitting the ropes, and shaking the ring. That just goes to show how crazy and how talented one Sayakamatani is. Uh, again, this was like the Aphrodite Rumble, because it was just them, like, taking certain people out and whatnot and i knew the result, so i thought maybe like saya would dump utami or something that obviously didn't happen aphrodite looks really really strong here they kept nanai and mina they did a great job with that and and mina kind of getting her win back by doing the dragon screw leg whip on the apron ultimately eliminating nanai so we know that's building to something i think me and you are both in agreement that we're going to get that match and hopefully fingers crossed get the mina win over deny um, at the next pay-per-view on the uh, anniversary show at um, uh, at the Supreme Fight show. But then you get Mina versus Sai in the end. You're like, okay, well, the Wonder Rumble gave us a mini-match with Hanan and Starlight Kid. So we're not going to get a quick elimination here. We're going to have a mini-match here. And it was, obviously it wasn't as long as their World Wonder of Stardom Championship match, the two of them, that they had. But, damn, this was damn good. I'm like, these two have such great chemistry. Like You forget about it because it's like so much has gone on since Mina has defeated Saya for the Wonder of Stardom championship. But they had a mini match here where we're just back and forth. And they wrestled, and they were relatively – they did a majority of the work in the rumble. Again, I talked to Saya with her and uh Utami doing a lot of the Aphrodite stuff in this match. Megan Bain looked great. I thought Megan Bain was like, she just bumping everybody. She was, I mean, she was like the Andre the giant of this. Like she's throwing people out, F five and people, throwing them over the top rope. To, you know, takes Aphrodite to eliminate Megan Bain. I like that. Mina had great work. So it's like these two were kind of exhausted in the finals, and they give us a mini match, which I thought was great. Uh, ultimately, Sayakamatani wins. She calls out Micah. Partner, we mentioned before about the history of championship matches between Micah and Sayakamatani. This is a point I want to bring up because I mentioned this before when I released my uh, Patreon-exclusive episode of Sayakamatani's, uh, her V15, which is ultimately 17 matches um, for the Wonder of Stardom Championship when I did that, uh, did that review. I watched that match with Saya and Micah when it happened. I believe it was May of 2022, May or June, somewhere around there. And then I watched it maybe about a month later, and I haven't seen it since until I did that review. So it was probably about a year or so. And I remember I watched it when I did my review, and I was like, I don't remember giving this match five stars. I haven't seen it over in a year. Not only is it five stars, it's my favorite Micah match of all time, even better than the two Susan matches that we saw uh, last year. And then I remember it was a Saturday because I watched the match and I was like, yeah, this was five stars. I had lunch. I went upstairs. I got my tablet out that I did my notes for 2022. And I'm like, I gave this match four and three, four stars. Did I like it this much on another view? And because I do, I did not need another excuse to watch more Sai Wonder of Stardom (laughs) Championship matches partner. I went back and watched it again. And I was like, this is five stars. Point I'm trying to make my friend is usually when I write down my stardom, uh, you know, my star review, take it for what it's worth. It's very rare that when I watch it back, I change it. This one I changed again, that match for the Wonder of Stardom Championship that they had in 2022. It's my favorite Micah match of all time. Now, Rob, I know you probably haven't seen that match in a while. Do you remember what the finish was? It
1: was in Fukuoka in May, wasn't it? I I don't actually know.
2: Okay, this is, and I'm almost positive, again, because I just did a review. This is the only time Sai Kamatani beat anybody in those 15 successful title defenses. It was Star Crusher, 450 Splash, Phoenix Splash. She spammed her three finishes back to back to back to defeat Micah. I wonder if that's what she's going to have to pull out and what ultimately will be a bigger match because it's for the biggest belt. That's why I brought one when we talked about her new finisher. I wonder if she's going to, pun, wonder, pun intended, intended. I don't know. I wonder <laughs> if she's going to try to do that to defeat Micah because that's what it took for her to beat Micah back in 2022. Micah is now a better wrestler. She's the best wrestler in stardom because she holds the red belt. And that's the top of the heap. So if you wonder, I wonder if we're going to see the 450 and or the Phoenix Splash. Again, you mentioned before, one of the great things about Japanese wrestling is they like to do it akin to their past. Folks, if you haven't seen that match in a while, first of all, go on Stardom World. Or if you haven't seen it at all, go on Stardom World, Sai versus Michael for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. And watch it because it's absolutely brilliant. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, they do a little nod to that match in this match coming up in a few weeks, partner.
1: No, it'd be interesting. I I personally don't think that Saya Kamatani wins um in February. I'm sure I'm not the only one who doesn't think that. It wouldn't surprise me, you having brought that up. It would not surprise me if Saya starts to do that and Micah stops it as sort of a callback to that match. So maybe she hits the Star Crusher, hits the 450. Or hits the Phoenix Strike, Star Crusher, or whatever in whatever order, and then maybe as she goes to the top rope for the Phoenix Splash, she gets caught, and this is a sort of even more um, of a reason for her not to use that move um, going forward. You know, like with Naito and the Stardust Press, um, when you know he'd carry on using it in an attempt to sort of gain. A little bit of revenge for Wrestle Kingdom 8. Maybe that's where we'll go with it. I think that would be quite a cool story moving forward. Um, Let's move on then to the show from the 7th. Um, 7th of January, New Year Stars 2024 in Nagoya uh, from the Nagoya Congress Center. Aichi uh, in front of 511 People, the card is as follows. Uh, three-way match between... Uh, we saw Mina Shirakawa defeat Yuna Mizumori and Starlight Kid, pinning Yuna Mizumori with the glamorous collection Mina in six minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, tag team match, the God's Eye team of Saki, Kashima and Amisori defeated the Stars team of Hazuki and Saya Ida. Amisori pinning... <sighs> Saya Ida with the Blue Thunderbomb in 8 minutes and 9 seconds. Six-woman tag then followed. Hanako, Yuzuki, and Rani Yagami defeated Azumi Lady C and Sayaka Karura with Hanako pinning Karura with the Brain Buster in 11 minutes and 14 seconds. I was convinced that was going to be an Azumi and Lady C victory when you look at the teams. Um And then we had <laughs> the New Year Tag Tournament, which Momo Watanabe is very late pulling out of really did mess with this tournament so the first first round match mei sakurai and julia versus crazy star suzu suzuki and mei seira ended in a 10 minute time limit draw divine kingdom micah and megan bane versus god's eye murai ended in a time limit draw there was then aphrodite Utami Hayashisha and Sai Kamatani defeated BMI 2000, Natsuka, Tora and Ruaka, Utami pinning Ruaka with the German suplex in 6 minutes 44. Now, eye contact, Maywe Watani and Hannan, were initially supposed to have Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe in the first round, got a bye because Momo pulled out, then got a bye through the semi-finals because there was a time limit draw, so only fought one match. Aphrodite then got a bye from the semi-finals due to the two time limit draws earlier on in the show to to face eye contact in the final. That final, Aphrodite versus eye contact, Sae Kamatani pinning Hannon with the Phoenix strike in nine minutes and 17 seconds. Um, it's always interesting to see how... Something so small can affect a show so much, um, but the Momo Watanabe injury, far more so here than uh, than in the Corican show, really did mess with the pacing of this card, because I've got a feeling that there's no way both of those matches I talked about, May Sakurai and Julia versus Crazy Star, Divine Kingdom versus God's eye I don't think both of those would have gone to the 10-minute draw otherwise.
2: Uh, Rob, before I get into that, you want me to make you feel better about Saiti getting a pinfall, eating another pinfall? I would love that. Because I'm going to go, we know people from Sidem listen to the show. I'm going to contest that this match goes to a no. You go back into the history book and you make this a no contest. Here's why. So the finish of the match is Ami Sori hits the blue thunder bomb. Saki Kashima gets the pinfall because she was a legal person. Technically, Saki, the referee, should have never counted. Kasaki Kashima did not do an offensive move to to create the lateral press for the pinfall. It was Ami Sori's move, who was the illegal person, illegal, illegal person that did the move to the legal person, Saya Ida. So it either should be, in my opinion, stardom, go back in the record books, either make it a no contest or disqualification win for Saya Ida and Huzuki. Rob Goodwin, do you feel better now?
1: I do feel a little bit better now. Um, if anyone's <laughs> listening from stardom, come on, sort it out, please. It's uh, it's a matter of great urgency. Um, but yes, the, the tournament probably suffered as a little bit of a result. We still got good matches. Um, again, the card flies by um, as there's only three matches that go over 10 minutes and there's only one that goes over 10 minutes um, in the six-woman tag. But what should people be checking out from this Nagoya show, Matt? Um. Really,
2: the tag tournament is as, as a crazy as it was because of the buys and eye contact, getting the Donald Del Mundo <laughs> <laughs> from a week, a, a week earlier. We're just like bye bye, and I'm literally. I'm trying to figure out because there's no brackets. And it was like, I know what the finals are because I had it spoiled to me on Twitter, which was fine. You know, this isn't a huge a huge thing. And I was like, oh, you know, I can't wait to see that finals. That's obviously a tag title match that I want to see in the future. And hopefully somewhere down the line we get. But uh the fact that we had two TLDs back to back, and I was like, Oh, Incredible. man. I was like, This, I'm like, we were literally a week into this year, and I think that's the fifth time limit draw. I think what we might do. Is when we review Dream Queendom at the end of this year, we will do an over-under on time limit draws for stardom. <laughs> and then we'll see if somebody gets a prize. Cannot but um, I mean, I mean Oh my Julia versus Crazy Star was a really good match. I guess my only nitpick was instead of a 10 10-minute ten, ten time limit, I wish they would they would have given it 15, right? I think it would have spread the story out more. Obviously, and then the next match with Mariah and Shuri. Versus uh, Divine Kingdom and Mike and Megan Bain. Because I'm sitting there watching. Now again, I didn't know the, the results of this match. I'm sitting there watching this match. And we're about halfway through. And I was like, I wonder who's going to win this one. Because Shuri and Mariah they're doing a really good job keeping them strong. And actually in the uh, world of Stardom Rumble, they actually teased Aphrodite versus Shuri and Mirai for a little bit uh, in that match. And I'm like, oh, that's a tag match I would love to see. And, uh, and obviously you, Tommy, and Shuri were the two ones that started that um, as well. So I'm like, I don't think they're going to beat Shuri and Mirai. Mike is the champion. Megan Bane's on her way out, we think. Um, but they're still doing a great job keeping her strong. I'm like, there's no way this is going to a time limit draw. And as the countdown is going, and I'm like, someone's got to get a pinfall here. Like, there's no way we're doing back-to-back time limit draws. And I'm like, oh, this makes sense now. Like, this kind of makes sense. So uh, Sherry Mirai versus Divine Kingdom, I thought was very good as well. However, the best match of the show, um, what I think is kind of be a mini version of a title match we're going to get somewhere down the line was Utami and Sai Kamatani versus Mayu and Hanan. I think this was absolutely terrific. Again, Mayu was just on an absolute run, eight, you know, eight, nine days into this year, having that match of the year candidate with Sherry, having the tag match that she did at and Hall, and then this match with her and Hanan. You know, three different matches, a singles match, a tag match with somebody she's never tagged with before, and a tag match with somebody she's been teaming up with a lot and has come out on record saying she wants to uh, team with Hanan somewhere full time and go for the goddess of stardom tag team championships and have a run with them this was really good stuff Hanan looks like a star here there's so many near falls that she had on Sayakamatani. Kamatani and again very much like starlight kid versus Hanan we kind of got a mini match there we're like oh that's a match I know I didn't know that I wanted and now Sai Kamatani and Hanan. I'm like, oh, there's a singles match there that we never really got a proper one for somewhere down the line that I'd like to see. Again, I hope they rewind this one back. This one went nine minutes and 17 seconds. Give it 15, 16, 17 minutes. Put it up for the tag belts. I think you're going to have another match of the year a candidate here. Um, really good stuff. I'm really a big fan of Saya and Utami their German suplex, like when Otami has you like deadlifted for the German suplex and Saya comes off with a top rope drop, kick and the momentum just has you, Tommy just whip you on the back of your head. I just think that's a really cool tag move that ultimately sets up for one of their finishes. Uh, ultimately though, it's uh Saya Kamitani getting the win with the Phoenix uh, strike. They're doing a great job building this move up towards her match with Micah. I would not be shocked if you see over the next few weeks, you know, three, four, five, six wins during these weekend shows with Saya pinning her opponents in these multi-person tag matches with the Phoenix strike, just so it's embedded in your head. Like that's the big move, the new move that Mike is going to have to try to avoid if she wants to retain her title. Great stuff here. Um, and now the question has to be asked, Robin, I'm going to ask you the question, sir, since you are obviously the smartest person on the stardom cast. Although I said a low bar, mm-hmm. Saya Kamatani pinning Hanan one half of the new blood champions. Does this set up a Wingory versus Aphrodite title match somewhere down the future? Champions versus champions, title for title.
1: I was actually thinking about this. Um, <laughs> and just before we go into that, um, uh, this match gave me such ALK versus MK Sisters vibes. Um it- during that run with ALK um, as goddess of star and tag champions, you've got Mayu who teamed with Starlight Kid and then teamed with Kogama in two separate challenges. And this just felt like one of those challenges. And if we get eye contact as a full team, a full-time team, sorry, you know, going for those belts against Aphrodite, I am all for that. I really am. Um, In terms of the challenge, it, much as I'm sure Aphrodite versus the New Blood Tag Champions will be fantastic, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Sayaka Matani um, tag with Sayaka Karura, um on the next show, the one in Anjo. It wouldn't surprise me, especially given their history, if we see a little bit of a partnership forming between those two and if they eventually challenge for those New Blood Tag Titles. Because it gives Sayaka Amitani an out, it means you can, you know, you can put the loss on uh, Sayaka Korora. It gives her experience. It elevates the New Blood tag titles by having someone like Sayaka Amitani go for them. Um, You know, everyone is a winner because they tend to put at least one big name on the New Blood cards, whether it's Suri in a singles match or whether it's Momo Watanabe in a brutal just. Just a <laughs> mugging. Just a mugging. Um, Look how you pause. like how you pause. I'm like, whatever Rav's going to say, I know I'm going to pause. <laughs> um, so maybe that is somewhere we got, even though I'd love to see an Aphrodite uh, an Aphrodite tag title uh, opportunity at the New Blood tag titles. I don't see that coming myself. Um, right, and that actually brings us to the end of our reviews for this week but we have got a couple more things to talk about um the first of which matt turner is eo and Kyrie watch eo and Kyrie watch which is really just eo watch now before um we hit the
2: record button i asked rob if he watched this match he said he's only seen clips so i'm super excited to talk about certain aspects of this match so uh first of all this is the only Io Shirai title defense that there's no interference. So right there, you're already getting the stardom vibes because we would watch Io defend, you know, the wonder belt and the world belt, and there's no interference. They're all clean matches, but I get it. It's American wrestling. It's WWE. You want to boo the, boo the heels, cheer the baby faces. The the heels have to cheat, right? So right there, we're going to get some stuff. If you have not seen this one, uncle Matt Turner is going to give you some Io Shirai stardom vibe. So Io Shirai, Defending the WWE Women's Championship against Michin, also known as Mia Yim. The match starts with a good lockup, and I will always put over a good lockup. Basically, you have uh, the early parts of this match, you have EO's speed against uh, Mia Yim striking. Mia Yim does a great job with the open hand palm strikes. She, with the kicks EO gets the first advantage with the Quesadora that she rolls over into the double stomp which I thought was really good. A um, really good building here. Uh, Mia does a great job. EO does a great job selling for Mia strikes. Like Mia Yim does uh, gets a good job getting shined up early in the match. EO Shirai tries to do a uh or she EO uh, gets low bridge goes goes to the outside. And then Mia Yim hits this amazing, brutal suicide dive to the outside. Uh, back and forth, uh, we go with the strikes. We eventually get a um, uh, Mia Yim hitting a gut wrench suplex that EO sells to the corner. And then Mia, y- uh, Mia Yim places EO in the corner onto the second rope and does a code breaker. Sound familiar, Hazuki?
1: <laughs> so jealous. I was like,
2: oh, oh, hold on, sir. The hits keep coming. Uh, we eventually get to an apron fight that Eo wins the apron fight with the show tie palm strike. Now, they're on the apron. Keep in mind, Rob, going, it's WWE. So, what I'm about to say doesn't happen in WWE, especially in women's matches. Eo Shirai gives Mia Yim a German suplex on the apron. Once again, Rob, going, <laughs> Eo Shirai gives a German suplex to Mia Yim on the apron. You've seen this before in Io Shirai matches, haven't you, in Cork and Hall, right? Huh. Now, at this point, again, I very much like when they try to get Io over as a heel in stardom. Not that she was wrestling Mayu, it really didn't take. This place was like 50-50 for the match. Io hits the German suplex on the apron, and Io is full babyface. The crowd is all behind the evil heel that is one Io Shirai. Um... Eo uh, Shirai then, or uh, excuse me, Mia Yim rolls into the ring. Eo does the springboard dropkick. She goes to the top rope for the moonsault. She misses. And you know what move Mia Yim comes back with? A dragon suplex to land Eo on top of her head. Rob Goodwin. Eo Shirai taking a dragon suplex on top of her head. And a WWE ring. <laughs> Sound familiar, my friend.
1: It sure I it really
2: does. think yeah, I'm like, huh, yeah, that's something. Um, the two of them have a top rope fight, they kind of go back and forth. Eo goes for the top rope. Um, she gets the better of Mia Yim. She goes for the top rope. Her Karana, Mia Yim stops her. She hits a top rope styles clash, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, really good stuff there. Uh, Eo is able to get her foot on the rope. Um, and then uh the um or, or when she gets her foot on the rope. Eo rolls to the outside. Mia Yim goes for another suicide dive that she absolutely misses and completely takes herself out. Once again, Rob Goodwin, have you ever seen Eo Shirai match where her opponent runs full force at her and then does a suicide dive having no regard for her body and <laughs> completely eats it on the floor? Do you see where
1: I'm going with I here? might hey. see where you're going from. Yeah, I might see where you're going with this.
2: I mean, it was a sickening thud where It was just like, oh boy, uh, Mia does a great job. She sells to the barricades. Io hits the running Samato, smushing Mia into the barricades, throws Mia back into the ring, hits a Samato in the middle of the ring, and then hits the moonsault for the finish. Uh, this was a great match. Again, no interference. Uh, another great title defense from Io Shirai. Went a little bit over 10 minutes. I gave it four and a quarter stars. And they clearly watched some of the EO versus Mayu matches. If you don't know how I'm spelling it out, folks, they clearly did a lot of EO versus Mayu matches. Considering the fact that EO is won half of those matches and there's are some of the greatest matches in the history of wrestling, not a bad uh, bunch of things to steal from, my friend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to take from a match, take from one of those. Um, now... Um, we've got two shows to look forward to next week on the 13th and the 14th of January. Bad to back night at the Eddian Arena, Osaka, number two. Um, and our good friend Sky Wrestling has summarized those cards. So the first night which is the Saturday the 13th, the card is as follows. Yuna Mizumori versus Rani Yagami, Lady C versus Mei Sakurai. Um, we've then got a six-woman tag, Mei Saira, Yuzuki, and Hanako versus natsukatora Ruaka, and Fuki Kandeth. It's a multi-woman match. You watch who wins. <laughs> Don't forget, guys, to beat the clown, you have to be yes. the clown. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Utami, Show it. absolutely. <laughs> New shirt over at our merch store. <laughs> um, Utami Haishista and Mio Amasaki versus Mina Shirakawa and Sayaka Karora. Um, stars, Mayu Utani, Hazuki Hanan and Ida versus Mirai, Suori Amisuri and Saki Kashima. We've then got two prelude matches. The Wonder Prelude sees Sioriano and Suzu Suzuki versus Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe. That is a very tasty match. And then you've got this world prelude. We'll see Divine Kingdom, Micah, and Megan Bain taking on Sayakamatani and Azumi. Those two top tag matches promise to be very, very good. On the Sunday, um, we start with singles: Miyu Amasaki versus Mei Sakurai, Azumi versus Ruaka, Mina Shirakawa versus Lady C. Uh, we've then got eight-woman tag: Mayu Iwatani, Hanan, Hazuki, and Sairida versus Yuzuki, Hanako, Rana Yagami, and Sayaka Kurora. Um, We've then got another eight-woman tag: God's Eye, Murai, Amisuri, and Saki Kashima versus Oedo Time, that's Momo, Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Fuki, and Death. Um, In your semi-main, Divine Kingdom, Micah and Megan Bane taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Sioriano and Yuna Mizmori. And then in your main event, the Goddess of Stardom Championships are on the line, Utami Hayashista and Saya Kamatani. Aphrodite, the champions, taking on crazy star suzu suzuki and may Sarah. obviously they came out at the end of the nagoya show to lay their challenge down for this sunday um matt those two cards are quite tasty i would argue that saturday actually intrigues me more simply because those two main events those two prelude tags look very very good
2: yeah, and um if you remember back last year when Utami did her a little bit of a leave of absence and went over to the States, we saw Saya and Azumi as a tag team, and they were absolutely fantastic. They had a really good matchup, but almost positive went to a time limit draw with Meltier. So it's really cool to see them back as a tag team. And again, man, I, I if you're asking me for predictions, I think those last two matches may go to the old TLD. I really I mean, would they would they would they do it? You know, considering the fact that how great those matches would be. Yeah, the Saturday's cards, as far as top to bottom, probably look as better cards. But the Sunday one looks great, and especially with that main event of Crazy Star versus Aphrodite. You know, when Aphrodite first won the tag belts, and Sai Kamatani claimed, like, we're going to go on a, a long run. We're coming after Thunder Rock's run. I'm looking at the tag division, the stack tag division that is Star, and I'm like, Crazy Star was my tag team of the year for Stardom in 2023. That's the match they that, that I want. The fact that they're not doing this out of Corican or a pay-per-view, it just goes to show, like, this is what we're going to do to sell tickets and sell subscriptions to Stardom World. We've seen Stardom before where if there's, like, a really must-see match, they'll upload, maybe not the show, but the match in, like, two, three hours. We saw it when they did it with the IWGP, uh Women's Tournament with Mayu versus Momo and uh, Utami versus Himika. I hope, I really hope that they get this matchup ASAP because I cannot wait to watch it. And I can remember a time that they had the Goddess of Stardom Tag Team uh, Championship match that wasn't in a cork or a pay-per-view. So you see Stardom doing something a little bit different here, but in a good way. And also too on that... um the undercard for that Sunday show. Mina Shirakawa versus Lady C is a match. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be the best match of the show. Obviously, there's the tag match I think is I think everybody's gonna agree with me is going to be. But I think Mina and Lady C is gonna be one that I was like, oh damn, that was really, really good. And I'm a huge fan of the teaming of Sayoriano and Oriano and going up against the Vine Kingdom. I mean, I I can pretty much bet every dollar I have in my bank that poor Yoon is eating the L. But at the same time, I, I can see her and Micah trading some wicked lariats back and forth. So both these cards look really, really good. And that's what happens when you have the talented roster that Stardom does. Even on non-pay-per-views, you're like, I need to watch that. That's why you need to be spending your $7 a month for Stardom World.
1: 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself. And Matt Turner... I think the only fitting way to end this podcast is uh, to make a little announcement good, sir.
2: Yeah, sorry. Um, I got a drink of water as you were saying that. Um, okay, so folks, you're talking about uh, EC Dub, right? EC Dub, EC Dub. Ah, I was trying to make sure. I want to make sure I wasn't sure. I was like, no, we're going to um, redid the website. Come on, man. By the way, everybody loves the website, Rob. I cannot, I'm, I'm delaying the, uh, the announcement. Uh, I've gotten so many messages on Facebook to how much people love the website. And I will say to everybody that's listening what I've told everybody on Facebook I have nothing to do with the website other than I promote it. That is 100% Rob Goodwin. So send your flowers and cheers and your free beers to one Rob Goodwin. Um. Okay, so, folks, so as you know that uh, Stardom is running a show at the 2300 Arena WrestleMania weekend on April the 4th, which is actually, now that I say it's Cousin Frank's birthday. So Cousin Frank will be there. So there you go. For his birthday, he gets to watch some Stardom uh, at the ECW Arena. Now, again, I mentioned before last week, I'm going to mention again Stardom. Rob and I are going to be there. You need us for media. You need us for commentary. You just let us know. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get us on that show in one way or another. But that's another story for another time. Now, we've had many of you that have reached out to both myself and Rob and asked us if we we're going to be doing a Q&A or if um, the possibility... What's the possibility of us doing a live Stardom cast sometime after the show? I thought, oh, that's a cool idea. And then kind of just put it in my back pocket, didn't think about it. And then all of a sudden it kind of hit me. Let me see if I can make this a possibility. So I talked to our the editor-in-chief, one Sean Montrose, who did a phenomenal job as our uh, moderator on our Q&A. And I threw it to him. He was like, buddy, I think it's a great idea. I talked to you. You said, buddy, I think that's a great idea. So we are, and this has been in talks for about seven, eight months. We are going to debut the new Stardom Cast craft beer WrestleMania weekend. I've already talked to Norm over uh, my good buddy who owns uh, Funk Brewing and he said absolutely when we came out with the stardom beer that came out a few months ago I said we'll do this as a limited release just to see how it goes and then I want to do kind of a full release WrestleMania weekend. It's going to be in Philly. Rob's flying over from England. It's literally the perfect storm. He said buddy absolutely. So I text Norm I said Norm buddy. I said you're crazy. Uh, You're crazy. Crazy Matt Turner's got an idea. Give me a call. I called him I said, hey, here's, do you, here's the idea that I have. Is there any way that you can help out with this? And he said, we have sales reps all over Philadelphia that uh, can probably help us out with that. I'm going to start putting it in motion this week. He threw down his ideas. I threw down my ideas. Now, Rob, you know me as a pretty positive person. I'm pretty enthusiastic. Wait till you get to meet Norm. Norm is way more positive than I am. He's way more enthusiastic than I am. After we had this 15-minute phone uh, conversation, the last thing he said to me was, buddy, I think I'm more pumped about this than you are. And I think he is. As excited as I am and you are, Norm is super excited. So it's not written in stone. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to say it's a 9.5-point chance that this is going to happen. More than likely, because you folks demanded it, after the stardom show on the 4th at the ECW Arena, myself, Rob Goodwin, uh, myself and Rob Goodwin uh, are going to be doing a live stardom cast at a local bar. We're going to try to get as close as we can to the ECW arena. Um, If we can't get as close, it might be 5, 10, 15 minute drive. We don't know. We have literally Funk, as Norm has told me, Funk is going to do the groundwork. It's going to be Funk Presents. We are going to debut the new stardom cast beer. We have a zillion ideas. The fact that we have about three months for this to kind of grow and let it go uh, You know, it gives us time. We don't have to rush anything. So we literally have uh, the fine people at Funk, their sales reps, hitting the streets this week and next week to try to find a bar for us that's close to the ECW Arena, 2300 Arena, whatever you want to call it, to find a venue that'll be perfect for us to do the live Stardom Cast uh, podcast right after the Stardom Show. Uh, the Stardom Show starts at 4. My guess will be over around six thirty, seven o'clock. We're going to probably aim from around eight o'clock to start the show. We don't know what the format's going to be. Uh, Rob and I kind of text back and forth. We're going to have Sean. He's going to uh, host it very much. Again, if you saw or listened to the Q and a that we just released last week, it was an absolute smash. And Sean does this as part of his living. He does this at comic cons. Sean is a very, very talented man. What we're probably going to do is review the show. We just watched kind of not in long form, kind of just like, here's what we think. Here's our star rating. And then what we'll do is probably do a live Q&A, as well as the folks that are all over the world that can't come in for WrestleMania weekend, if you want to submit your questions as well, uh, we'll send those over to Sean, and Sean can read them on the air. So, folks, what I'm trying to say is, as I ramble on, because I'm excited, is more than likely there is going to be a live Stardom cast show in Philadelphia after the Stardom show.
1: Very, very exciting. Can't wait to talk a little bit more on that. Stardom cast on tour. Is a go. Um, but we'll have more details for you uh, in the coming weeks. We'd love to see as many of you there as possible, meet as many of you, talk to as many of you as we possibly can, and share a new stardom cast brew with as many of you as possible as well. Um, but as it goes, that is about all from us. We'll be back next week to talk to you about those two shows from Osaka, and of course, Julia's New Japan strong tile defense against Trish Adora. Um, thank you so much again for those that voted for the Stardom Cast Awards. Thank you to everyone for listening, for your support throughout 2023 and into 2024, whether that is on Twitter, whether that's on podcasts, whether that's on Patreon. You have all been absolutely phenomenal thank you to everyone um make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast if you can leave us a five-star review and a comment it really does help us out and helps us just get exposed to even more people um uh, if you want to fans on patreon patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast again we are rejigging those tiers um come february so it is even better value for your money and uh yeah especially in these trying times um uh, join our discord check out the website stardomcast.com um stardomcast dot weebly dot com I apologise I'm currently working on getting stardomcast.com for the uh for the domain um and if you want to follow me you can at real rob goodwin on Twitter you find us on all social media at the stardomcast including our YouTube channel uh Matt Turner sounds off good sir
2: Absolutely. Folks, questions, comments. If you are going to be in Philadelphia and would like to come to see the Stardom Cast episode, uh, let me know. Again, it's basically a selling point to all the bars. So Matt Turner, OF on the Instagram and or the Twitter. If you want to shoot me an email, perfectly fine as well. The Stardom Cast 22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me. Folks, that's going to wrap it up for what I thought was another fun-filled episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as Rob and I enjoyed giving you this great content um, because like I always say, folks, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because when all is together, everybody's different, everybody's special.